everyone. Welcome back to another episode of DadCast. My name is JP. I am your host. And with us is the other host, the man, the myth, the legend right over there, Mr. Nick Martin. How are you, sir? What's up? I'm good. Good, man. How are you? Dude, I'm fantastic. It's hot. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I get it. I had to actually went and I went and purchased a uh, $350 uh, AC unit to put in uh, my studio here because there's no other... uh, uh, Cold bearing anything anywhere nearby. I was, gonna, I was thinking about going weekend at Bernie style for you. I was going to stop at the the Target on the way home and grab you one of those little kiddie pools and a lawn chair and some ice. Oh, dude, maybe. Hey, we got we got another podcast coming up on Friday. I mean, that I'm actually saying, that would be kind of badass. The visuals on that actually seem exactly. pretty incredible for me. All right, all right. Well, go, go, go. Let's go. I'll wear the Hawaiian shirt like Andrew McCarthy. <laughs> my, my boy. Okay, we'll see what we can figure out, man. Um, It's been a crazy week for me, man. I've been to Vegas twice, Nashville, and uh, here we are finally back at home for a couple weeks uh, in in doing the home thing. So I'm glad to be here today, man. Oh, and first of all, everyone watching on YouTube, we are live on YouTube right now. Uh, First time we've ever gone that route where we're going live. So there will be no editing involved here. This is, you see, is what you get, and it's going to be awesome. And as you can see, there's an amazing guest hanging out at least on my screen, right below us. You may remember him from such movies, you know, small little things, uh, Boondock Saints 1 and 2. Maybe you remember him from the movie Powder. Um, I like to, my favorite, and this may be controversial for uh, fans of this man, but I really appreciated and loved him in Dexter, the TV series. You can catch him in a brand new movie, which is actually available and premiering today called Frank and Penelope. Welcome to DadCast, Mr. Sean Patrick Flannery. Hello, sir. How are you, man? Uh, I'm good, man. I'm good. That was a hell of an intro. Yes, yeah, sorry. You, you let me be here. A little bit long-winded, but if, if, if you knew me, you'd know that that is pretty much the norm, man. <laughs> uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for taking time out of your day. We totally appreciate it, man. This should be fun. I'm looking forward to it, man. All right, all right. So the very first question, it is a rite of passage here on DadCast. We already know the answer, but we're going to ask it anyway. Sean Patrick Fanelry, good sir, are you a dad? That has become 98% of what I am. That's And that's a good thing. That that is That is probably the best answer I've ever heard when it comes to asking that question. No simple yes or no. 98% of what you are. Well, for Nick, it's like 110% because he has like 87 children and soon to be 88. Right? 87 is a good number. 88 is a good number. <laughs> when, 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 when you have your first child, you know, the moment before he's born, you're 100% other things. Uh-huh. You're not even a father yet. You know, that, 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 you know the, the first couple of follicles of hair that you see, right. you're, you know, half a percent of a dad. And then it's slowly, I'm up to 98%. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I'm pretty thoroughly, uh, th- there's 2% of my life that has probably very little to do with my kids. And that's, that's it. And, and that's, that, that, that may even be extreme. It may be less than that. It's, it's, uh, it, it is, it is every waking moment of my day. Um, it's everything I think about. It's everything I care about. Uh, so, it, 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 it's different than just a yes or no. Are you a dad? I am. You know, my granddad used to say, he used to say, uh, you know, I, I asked my dad whenever I got married, I said, I asked, I flew my dad out. And I said, you know, I'm, for the first time I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I'm thinking about asking Lauren, who was my girlfriend's time to marry me. Mm-hmm. 
And I and he said, so 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 you involved or you committed? I said, well, I, I, I you know I'm kind of both. He goes, oh, there's a difference. And I said, like what 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 what's the difference? He goes, well, you take your mamma's breakfast, you know, uh, bacon and eggs. He goes, you look at that breakfast. That egg, yeah. That chicken was involved, but the pig was committed, yeah. and uh, and and it really, really made perfect sense to me. I'm 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 a hundred percent in to fatherhood, hundred percent. That's amazing to you when you you mentioned at the beginning how uh, that's come up when it comes to fathers, or at least the males, obviously the dads we've spoken that they didn't really feel that they were dads until the child arrived in the world whereas the wives the girlfriends the mothers they soon as they know they're pregnant as soon as they know that kids in utero um they are mom at that point and i've had this discussion where it, are are you the dad are, are do you feel like you're a father before that happens and, and most of the time it's no and uh, we got an argument over it she's like you're a dad i'm like but the kid's not here yet She's like, like I can totally agree with JP on this. Like my wife and I are, we went through IVF where we're, we're pregnant right now, and like it does. I don't feel like I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a dad. I have six. I have, yeah, six kids. <laughs> and, uh, I, don't feel, I don't feel like I'm like a dad on this one yet. Like it's, it's it hasn't really like hit me. And in her, she's like talking to the baby and right. rubbing it. And it, so it just it just hasn't hit me yet. And it's so it's kind of like. And it won't. It won't, Nick. Yeah. It not until you know ah, the day of arrival. Right. So, like shoots out, and I'm catching like a football and stuff. Well, may, may possibly. You know, those are always options. But you know, you know, n- nature, nature. She is the. She's undefeated. She is the reigning, defending, uh, undisputed, and it's it's that very reason. It's like you, you can't contest it. There's something organic that happens that triggers. In a, in a dad's life and you're right until there is a certain level of involvement and you it, it, it blossoms within you I think it just it, that's when you realize it for a woman it's very different you know she's carrying a child right. there, there's something there's something very natural and real about that process for a man it's uh you know I, I always joke with my wife I, I was an extra in my boy's lives for the first year I was like an extra in that movie. Right. They're like, mommy, mommy, mommy. Who's that dude that keeps running around our house? Right. But for the most part, they were like, mommy, mommy, mommy. Oh, yeah, that guy. Mommy, mommy, mommy. But then after about 18 months, a year and a half, for the first time you walk in the room and they go, and your life changed. Uh-huh. The first time there's that eye contact and a grin and you realize that your child is recognizing no one else but you. And it's, it's, it's almost a, it's a gut punch, man. And that's really when, you know, that's, that's when the, the rubber meets the tarmac. There you go. And how, how many kids do you have? Are they boys, girls, John? I, I got a uh, chicken, two dudes. A chicken, two dudes, three. I'm, I'm backwards. Yeah. I got uh, one dude and two chicks. 17. Good combo. Good combo. 17, almost 18 <laughs> is the girl. So she's basically going on 30. Um, 11, my boy, he'll be 12 next month, and my baby girl, nine years old, she just turned nine. And congratulations. Oh, thanks, man. How old are yours? 17, <laughs> 11, seven. Dude, so you and I are cut from the same cloth almost. Yeah. Is the 17 year old a female by any chance? Yes. Okay. So have you had any difficulties since 14 years old? Any, any pushback? Any of the typical. 
I know everything, you know nothing type scenarios. You, you, you know what? With, with, with all my kids, every year is every year is sort of different. You know what I mean? You really see, you really see life evolving and changing. And, and you know, it, 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 I'm a firm believer in nature and nurture. You know, uh, you know, there, there, there's some that uh, take care of the nature and then they outsource the nurture. And uh, then there's some that, that adopt and just take care of the nurture. Um, you know, I, th- I think uh, it, it, it's, it's seeing that not only science and DNA is responsible for a large portion, but the socialization process in which they're brought up. It's, uh, it, it, it is kind of an amazing experience to see how kids react to, you know, different experiences, whether, whether it's uh, school issues or sporting issues or it's, uh, it, 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 it truly has become my favorite pastime. Absolutely amazing. How did your kids handle the two years of no school, basically, for the during the pandemic? Was it like was it rough on them? Was it more importantly, how did you handle it? Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, you know, I uh, the society shut down, and uh, we weren't going to send our kids to you know the plexiglass barrier, the two masks, etc. Um, and I'll be a hundred percent honest. Uh, when I grew up. If you were homeschooled, you were a little odd. Um, that's when I grew up. That, right. that, that, that's been my experience. I'm, I'm not disparaging on the process at all, but my experience has always been when I met people. When I, you know, and, and I'm from a long time ago. I'm in a, 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 you know, when I was in high school it was a long time ago. But the majority of kids that were homeschooled had a little, were a little odd. Um, we decided to homeschool um, when the pandemic hit. Um, we quickly realized how grossly inefficient the public school system must be because the kids, my younger boys, were able to clear two and a half grades a little after Christmas time. Right. Um, you realize that eight hours a day, my God, what you can achieve if there's an efficient use of time for eight hours a day. Um, and I... It, it, it completely blew my mind. Since then, you know, we've come to find. I, I, I think that that same eureka moment happened to a number of different families. And homeschooling has taken a very different turn now. And I think there, there's a, a huge contingent of the population that's doing it. But uh, I mean, it really exposed a, a, a hole in the system for, for for us at least. And we're we're in a we're in a, a school district that's tens. You know, it's rated a killer school district. But when you realize, wow. If that's as far as they advance in two semesters before Christmas and after Christmas, going eight hours a day, man, I mean, I mean that that's that's like uh, somebody in jujitsu taking fifty years to get a black belt. Right. There's something wrong with the instruction if it takes you fifty years. Um, and uh, you know, so 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 we homeschooled. We stayed at home and we homeschooled, and we quickly realized that there's a large contingency of people out there that do it. There are a number of uh, uh, social sporting programs. So, like, I have a jiu-jitsu academy, so a number of the families at the jiu-jitsu academy are homeschooled. So, we, we have a social net that's that's really bigger than his school social network was. So, uh, it, awesome. it, it, it it was a big change. It was a big change. And uh, you know, talking to you're talking to somebody that went to the public school system. You know, I played sports in public uh, all my, my my entire life since I was six years old, and it was a big part of my upbringing. 
Um, I think the thing that we really miss the most, but we've uh, we we've found a ways around it is, you know, look, look at it, my life. And, you know, my experiences and my wife's experiences or how we calculate our methodology of teaching our kids. And I don't think I don't think that's unique. I think that's everybody. But for me, I can remember every sporting coach I had since I was six. Um, uh, coach Eisenhower was my coach of the Braven Bears when I was six years old. <laughs> I can still smell his tobacco cologne when he grabbed me by the face mask. Um I can honestly, without being disparaging, I can name seven school teachers I had in public public school, all the way through high school, um, and that's odd. Um, but but my sporting coaches, I really felt like they cared about me. Right. I remember my my, my athletic coaches would come to my birthday. I, my math teacher never came to my birthday. It was just a different type of a relationship. Um, so long story short, we, we homeschool. Um, we supplement with athletic programs. I know they're, 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 they're passing a couple of measures in different states where UIL will allow uh, homeschool to compete uh, in various sports with a, a school team. So we'll see if that uh, passes. But uh, uh, in the meantime, we're plowing straight ahead. And, uh, you know, should school ever get back to some semblance of normalcy, um, uh, then, then we may consider going back into the system. But uh, right now, I, they're 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 shooting through this process like uh, you know you know three grades a year. Right. The, the yeah. next month they may have graduated college if you keep this thing up. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there, there's no there's no there's no doubt that they'll graduate high school with an associate's degree. I mean, <laughs> right. I, you know what I mean? I mean, I mean it's simply nonsensical. I, and I, I honestly believe I could teach a lower primate to graduate public high school with an associate's degree. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, the jujitsu studio. Uh, I can tell from the background. I'm assuming you are in there currently. Uh, you know what? I'm not. Oh, I am actually. When I tell you I'm 90 percent my kids. Yeah. I'll take you for a little spin. Um, they are getting ready for their wrestling practice, and you guys booked this. I'm not going to miss my kids wrestling, but. Oh man! All right. All right. Nice. This is uh, this is Porter. Right What's here. up, Porter? How are you, buddy? That's. Charlie, and this is my wife, right there, and we are at the wrestling practice. So this is the mat that they're going to practice on, and I'm locking myself in the office so I can talk, talk, talk to you. Ladies and gentlemen, watching live on YouTube, this may be a first ever on DadCast. We got to meet the family live, doing real worlds. Real world stuff, man. That is amazing. Sean, my kid just walked in. I want to introduce you to him real quick. He's got to say Please hi. Do. This Please is my do. boy, Sawyer. Sawyer, what's up, buddy? That is Sean Patrick Flannery. Uh, one of daddy's favorite movies of all time. I'm not entirely sure if you're ready to watch it yet or if I should even let him watch Boondock Saints at 11 years old, Good. but I'm considering it. I'm considering it. Start um, about with young Indiana Jones and then... And then hit him with Boondock Saints. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But young, young Indiana Jones graduate to powder, then hit him with Boondock. Right. That there is that is funny, man. Uh, my uh, my lady, when I told her that you were going to be on today, uh, she I mentioned uh, when I said I mentioned your new movie, and then I Boondock Saints, and she she lifted a little bit of an eyebrow, and then. I came out to the studio. I was doing my thing. And then she comes running out. She's like, you didn't tell me he was powder. 
So she she may be watching right now. She got excited. Um, So as we mentioned, we are live on YouTube. Um, I've got a question here. Um, Here we go. Question from YouTube. It doesn't say who. Oh, Steffi S. Steffi, the question for Sean is, what were your duties as a director during the long post-production of Frank and Penelope? Uh, In a word, everything. Um, From editing, you know, that's a a moment-by-moment, daily, hourly, minutely process. Um, You know, uh, hiring a composer um, uh, to, you know, sound design hiring a sound mixer going through. I mean, there's so many elements of, of post-production that realistically, there's no reprieve. I mean, I, I worked on Frank and Penelope, no joke, for an entire year, for an, an, an entire year without a moment off. Um, you know, it started with the casting process and we started filming almost a year ago today. Um, and by the time we got it finalized in post-production, we wrapped and locked picture, locked sound, locked everything. Um, it was almost a year, but that including, you know, selecting the songs that you want in a film, going through licensing, through, uh, how you want to purchase it, if it's a step deal, if you're purchasing it outright, um, uh, to the to the the, the Cannes Film Festival. Um, it, 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 it's it's uh, you know it's brand new to me. I, I, I'm certainly not acting as if I've done this before. I haven't, so it was a brand new experience for me. But uh, man absolutely everything the the, the job truly doesn't stop it's uh it is an all-encompassing adventure but uh you know i'm I'm grateful to have been a part of it i learned a ton and uh i hope we get an opportunity to do again man i really dug it that is so cool and 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 correct me if i'm wrong nick right uh your co-star jonathan sheck uh he's the one who actually referred you to come on dadcast yeah, yeah, Jonathan hit me up on Twitter about a week ago, and I was like, hey, man, is it cool if we see if Sean wants to come on and promote the show? And I'm like, yeah, definitely. The movie looks fantastic. I'm super stoked on that. So, Yeah, that is cool. So, so Jonathan, if you're watching, thank you. And uh, He's a good dude, one of the best dudes in Hollywood, man. I can't wait. To, I got a... I, I ain't gonna lie, we got a link to watch Frank and Penelope, which, by the way, everyone on the YouTube land who is listening and watching right now, um, is available right now, wherever you get your stuff, I'm assuming, right, Sean? It's it's on demand, so it's yeah. Apple, it's on demand, uh, if you have cable, it's Apple TV, it's it's uh, Google, um, it's uh, Amazon, it's uh, Fandango, right. uh, the, list, the list goes on, uh, but... Uh, yeah, with a simple Google search, you should get a, a drop-down list of exactly where where to get it. Gotcha. I'm going to watch it tonight. It yeah. looks awesome. We got a link. Uh-huh. Yeah. We, uh, you romance, dig it, man. It's a horror movie. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I, I ain't going to lie. Uh, so like I mentioned, um, I just spent a whirlwind week of traveling doing all a bunch of DadCast stuff. And uh, the email came in literally as I was about to leave for the airport. And I watched the first five, ten minutes because... I, I call me crazy, but I tend to judge a book by its cover and the first five minutes. And boy, I did not want to click that off button at all. But I had to get going. And uh, tonight's the night, man. Tonight is the night. I was saving it. I, 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 I probably should have watched it so we could talk about it, but then there'd be spoilers. So, bottom line, Sean Patrick Flannery, JP, is watching Frank and Penelope tonight. And, uh, Maybe when we uh, it, when we get you back on the uh, the second time around, or uh, maybe it's the Father's Day episode. By the way, we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, we can discuss uh, how I felt about the thing, man. Uh, which leads me to the next question. Uh, 
Being that your daughter is 17, almost an adult, has she used your stardom uh, to her advantage yet? <laughs> Lola is incredibly talented. Um, you know, it, it's, it's uh, you know, I'll, I'll let the public be the judge of that. I think uh, when you see her work, it's, it's incredibly clear that she could achieve whatever she wants in this industry with or without me. And look, let's, let's not make any mistake. It's not like I'm some A-list actor. It's not like some somebody's going, oh my God, you're Sean Patrick Flannery's kid. Here's a free movie. That doesn't happen. Um, nepotism doesn't happen at my level. I would assume if you're, if you're Steven Spielberg, then maybe your daughter or son can... But uh, no, she, she, she got it all on her own and she's incredibly talented. It's, uh, it, I, I would be in a weird position if I truly felt otherwise, I'd have to go, well, you know, I mean, the talent, but it, it's true. Any, anybody that's watched a frame of footage that she's done, it, it's, it's, it's incredibly clear that uh, she'll go as far as she wants in this industry and it will have had nothing to do with me. Awesome. I, I probably should have reworded that question. Um, I, I, when, the way I just delivered it, obviously that answer, but I kind of was leaning more along the lines was, has she ever used it to be like, Hey dad, can we go hang out with uncle Norman or something along those lines? Nah, you know, she, she is an incredibly <laughs> grounded kid. She really is. You know, she, she, she has a normal life. Love that. And, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, she'll go as far as she wants in this business, but she's not, uh, she's not premier hopping in LA or anything right. like that. You know, she is, she is, a. Uh, She's very good at her craft, and uh, she, she's her feet are firmly bolted to the ground. Proud Papa is what you're saying. Yes. Love that. Yeah. Where, and where is home base? Where, where do you live? I'm just outside of Houston, Texas. All right. But uh, I would give you a city, but there is no city. So there's well, nothing right. incorporated here. Gotcha. So I'm out in the boonies, uh, got some property, and I'm out. Out to the right. Northwest we, we don't area. need exact addresses. Uh, just uh, a state that works. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. A good buddy of mine just moved out to Texas, and he's like, "Dude, you've got to come out here." And the guys from Bowling for Soup live out there. The singer keeps telling me, "Dude, you've got to come out here." And I'm like, "Oh, maybe." <laughs> Oregon place, man. Oregon's getting a little weird, so it's a. Uh, it's also getting ridiculously hot. Yeah. It's. I don't remember it being this hot as a kid. But. I know, but Texas ain't. It, 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 it's pretty warm there. My sister, uh, she was in the Air Force back in the day, and uh, she lived in Lubbock. So I spent uh, a few times northern Texas, Lubbock area. I, I digged it. Um, not entirely sure. I'm a fan of no mountains and the beach being real far away. But you know, Texas, Austin, that area, the music scene, not yeah, so my bad. My son's in the army, based in Texas, and he said it's hot as hell. So he's like. Like, I can't wait to get back to Oregon. I'm like, dude, it's 110 here. He's like, okay, I'll stay in Texas. You know, my, my, my granddaddy, uh, you know, one of the most important people in my life, when I, when I wrote a piece of children's theater, and I used to, I went out on the porch, talked to my granddaddy, and I said, granddaddy, you know, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out to L.A. and I'm going to try and produce this play and become a writer. And he's sitting there on the porch in his, you know, plastic webbed lawn chair. And he said, son... You know, everybody, when they're out here in God's country, they look outside a 
bunch of green nothingness and they say, man, one of these days I'm going to move to the big city. I'm going to make something of myself. He said, but son, you make no mistake. One of these days when you're at the top of that building downtown in that big city, you're going to look at, out over all the crowd. You're going to say, one of these days I'm going to retire and buy me a little plot of land and sit on a porch. So you know what, son? I'll meet you right back here. And lo and behold, I'm back in Texas with a lawn chair. Is it plastic and webbed too? It's not plastic and webbed, but I do have one in the garage, man. <laughs> yeah, man, that's, I ain't going to lie. You know, fame and fortune sounds oh, fine and dandy, but a wraparound porch with a good view of a sunset and a perfect night, I, that's my idea of heaven. That's what I got, man. That's what I got. Proud of you, man. Good stuff. Nick, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the conch here for a little bit. Tell me okay. you put together a Fast Five. I did not because I, I, I assumed we were going to talk about the movie. Okay. But well, let's talk we about the movie into, then. Before we jump into the movie, um, Steffi S. has another question. You're an actor, script writer, and director. Do you say, I love them all, or do you want to focus on one of them in the future? You know, I... I, I Writing and directing is is a newfound love. Um, you know, it's been that uh, beautiful girl in the corner that I've seen at the, at the corner of the room, but we've never really made eye contact before. Um, but now that our gazes have locked, it's uh, I'm pursuing that chick. Awesome. There's your answer, Steffi S. She's got a ton of questions, but I, we got to open it up for a few more as well. By the way, if you just joined us here on YouTube, we are with Mr. Sean Patrick Flannery, uh, star of Boondock Sings Powder, but his brand new project has dropped today. Available to download and stream wherever you pretty much get your streams. It is Frank and Penelope. Uh, let's talk about that movie real quick. First of all, did your kids play any parts in this movie? No, I know, I know the answer to that. I, know, I, had, I had to relate it to DadCast. Uh, tell us about the flick, man. What's, what can we expect? Without any spoilers, mind you. You know, we started with a great story by a dude named John Thaddeus, an incredibly talented storyteller. And, uh, you know, we, we, we set out on this mission, kind of a, a, a free form. And we went on a location scout, and the script kind of wrote itself on that uh, location scout. Um, for example, the, one of the cars you see in the film, I saw that car, so I put it in the, in the story. And I'd, I'd never worked with a team of producers like this in my life that were so open-minded and willing to do things a little bit north of you know, the, the, the fence line of the box. And I'm really happy with what we ended up with. You know, uh, there, there's always sacrifices in every film. I, I, I don't think I've ever met a filmmaker that says, nope, that's exactly the way it was in my head. You know, you, you, you're, you're forced with uh, changes on the day, and some of the changes are even better. And some you go, well, I wish it would have been, wish we could have got this. Uh, but man, it was an incredible experience. And, you know, again, I've been doing this, I've been in this business for 33 years, man. It's, uh, it was a wonderful experience to work with this team of producers, this group of actors, um, our casting director, Tiu, um, you know, we, we, we obviously had a meeting when we went out, went out looking for our leads. And I told her, I said, you know, for, the, for these two roles, I, I, I'd really like a, for, my, for, for my Penelope, I'd like someone 
with the delicate fragility of an Audrey Hepburn, but the violent sexuality of a Marilyn Monroe. And she found me Kaylee Callan, who I think uh, will be employed for the rest of her life. Checked on the boxes. Film. Yeah. yeah. If oh, anyone 100%. sees this film. Humble. Uh, yeah. I love that about well, you. Know, you know, look, look, look. I, I mean, I've been in this business a long time. Discoverability is a big issue. Um, I, I've done plenty of films that I'm incredibly proud of that nobody's seen. You know, I make a joke with my peers. I say I've made a career out of, out of making movies that people don't see. Um, and I'm grateful to still be employed. But I do know that... Uh, you know, discoverability is, is an issue. I told to you the same thing about my Frank. I said, you know, I want him to have this, the cerebral quality of a Montgomery Clift, but the kind of volatile, emotional cadence of a James Dean. And she found me Billy Budnich. And these are two people that I think uh, will be employed for a long time. Oh, you know, should anybody see this? It, it, it was just a... You know, normally on any other film, you know, they would they would uh, they would require you to have to cast somebody with names. And we certainly looked at names, you know, for these roles. But I mean, after you after I saw what they did on their audition tape, it was uh, it, it was a very easy sell to the producers. It was it was just a wonderful experience, you know, and a, an experience that, that that's not really common in Hollywood today. All right. Jamie uh, Hembray just popped in, said, evening, fellas. Hello, Jamie. We are on with Sean Patrick Flannery. Thanks for hanging out with us on YouTube, man. We appreciate it. Nick, I, I, come on, man. I, these questions you ask on the Fast Five are the same every damn week. Let's let's <laughs> throw it out there. Fast five? Let, I was I wanted to talk more about Kevin Dillon. And, OK, uh, OK. Jack. I mean, the cast is incredible. Billy, the, the the lead for Frank, like reminds me of a young Christian Slater. Like just watching the the preview and the, the little bit that I saw him in, I'm like, oh my god, this this kid is phenomenal. Like I yeah, he's good, man. Movie, so he's good. He's good. I, I just want to throw this out there. Um, I, I want you all to know. I mentioned the AC unit I bought earlier. Well, I just realized I could use it as a footstand, and the angle of the air is now going directly up my shorts. It's a fantastic day now. Just, just sweet. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I hope you have flares on, bell bottom. Yeah. That way, the wind will accelerate even further as it narrows. Right, come out, come out the shirt. All right, <laughs> as it gets close to the family legacy, it should be going Gale <laughs> Yes. All right, Nick. I'm sorry. I, I just there you go. No filter on JP. None at all. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> You just took all the, the wind out of Kevin Dillon sales right there. Oh, right. <laughs> and it, right up my shorts. Exactly. All right. So, yeah, we'll do, I guess we'll do a little bit of a fast five. What's your favorite meal to cook for your kids? That, that's got to take up 98% of your, of your parenting time there. Well, I, I, truth be told, I don't cook. Um, you know, the only thing I cook is late nights. And that's if we wake up and mommy's asleep and we'll go in and we'll cook a piece of toast with peanut butter or something. But, but I don't cook. And I don't say that to be some kind of uh, alpha male or anything, but I don't. It's just not, uh, I, I, I don't even, I don't even grill. Um, my, my, my wife cooks everything I put in my mouth. I love her cooking and unless she's asleep and we cook toast, man, I just, I just, I just don't, man. I don't, you know. You're a lucky man. I'd love to tell you, I'd love to tell you I have culinary, culinary skills, but I don't. I can flick a toaster down and wait until it pops up. That's about Good it. Good enough. 
<laughs> All right. What's your most rewarding parenting accomplishment? You know, when I was a kid, probably the most profound moment in my life, knowing that as a young child, you're looking for your dad and your granddaddy's approval. I, I, I remember this not like it was yesterday, but like it's today, this morning. When I won't get into the nuts and bolts of the conversation, but uh, my dad, I was talking to my dad and my granddaddy and telling them about something that happened. And it was just a simple gesture. They just looked at each other and went, and looked back at me. And that, that kind of unspoken, good for you, dude, meant the world to me. Um, the most profound moment is, you know, as, as you get older in life, I really think that, uh, you know, your currency stops being things and it starts being achievements and accomplishments. And certainly, as you get even older in life, it becomes your child's achievements and accomplishments. If, 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 if any of us are hunting for a, a fountain of youth, we're quickly realize that uh, it's you planting the tree that you know you're never going to be able to sit in the shade of. And my kids are my messages in the bottle of things I want the future to see. And when I see them doing things that I never could have done, you know, my goal is to leave behind a better version. And, and I can see in real time that I'm doing that. They're better than me. They're better than me at, at everything. And, and seeing that, it, it, it is that kind of, I can see my dad and my granddaddy, you know, looking down on me and going, and it just, uh, you know, it, it, it means the world to me to see them doing things I could only have hoped to do. Amazing. And um, the fountain of youth, it, it does exist. It does exist for me. It's every time I look into the eyes of each of my girls and my boy. It's right there. So anyone who tells you otherwise, uh, it, that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know that that's what you leave behind. That's, yeah, that's your legacy. Yeah. All right. Woo. Deep. Nick, come on. All right. Billboard. You have a billboard. <laughs> anything on it, what would it be and why? I'm sorry. Say that again. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Uh, endeavor to persevere. Um, Everything, everything good in my life came after a chunk of adversity. Every single thing, bar none. There are zero exceptions. Um, you know, I, I, I've, I've slowly made myself comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's paid dividends in my life. And uh, it takes a lot of living to understand that uh, this too shall pass. And basically, you know, all those passages that are, that are just words until you have a life experience that really substantiates it endeavor to persevere that and under promise and over deliver have been two staples of my life and my kids lives you know we live by that doctrine so those are family mottos and necessity is the mother of invention um all of those it's uh you know it it, it, it it's not who's best it's who's left and we're all all of us all flanneries we're going to be left there you have it some insightful words right there from Mr. Sean I feel Patrick like I Flannery. Need to buy us another billboard with something profound on it. Right, and then <laughs> well, we got to put. I will. I will. I will tell you this one. If it was uh, in a men's club, the billboard. This is another something my granddaddy told me when I was an adult. Already, he said, "Son, little piece of advice: jerk off twice and reconsider." <laughs> <laughs> and there's our clip. 
right All there. Right. There's our. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. All right. I've got a couple questions to add to, to this, Nick. I got, one, I got one more. Oh, All right, man. I'm, in, I'm impressed by you. I would slap you right now. Okay. If you're, if you're 30 miles away. You see, you understand, Sean. Nick um, doesn't like to talk much. And, and, and by not like to talk, it's because I talk too much. Um, so this is impressive. And I'm doing it right now. Go ahead, Nick. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway. All right. So what is the funniest parenting fail that you had? You've had you have three kids. You must have had some kind of funny parenting fail. Man, parenting fail. Um, I mean, you know, realistically, I'm, you know, you have to skirt the line. You know, you know, a, a good parent is not their kid's friend. You know, it's a fine line between, you know, doing things for your kids and doing things with your kids. And really, you know, one, one, one of the things that I really... I, I really think I paced correctly and, and it might have been just by happen chance is because I, I waited a little longer, you know, to become a parent. And I think that maturity and that patience served me incredibly well. Um, but I am a, st- I, I, I am still an adolescent at heart. Um, so some of my parenting fails are, you know, a lot of what my wife says, don't you ever, I'm thinking, well, wait, we just did that five times earlier today in the backyard. You know, yeah, like, right. Oh, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, you know, everything, you know, it, 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 it truly is. It's a wonderful mixture. And, you know, my granddaddy told me that, too. He said, you know, if uh, you agree with everything your wife says, pick another one. You know, you should have a, 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 a counter opinion. There's something that comes from from a mother that you can't give and vice versa. Um, probably my biggest fails are you know, or, or, or doing things that, uh, would be considered outlawed by any, you know, bubble wrap parent. Um, I, I, I mean, you know, we, 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 we go skateboarding without shoes and I know that's a no, no. Um, but, uh, bubble you know, it, wrap parent. <laughs> Jen, are you watching? I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm I'm the counter to that. So am I, and I think my lady's a bubble wrap parent. So there we, we got to find somewhere to meet in the middle. Yeah, but I love yeah. that. I love you know, that term. I, I'm the bubble wrap parents out of me and Danielle. Like, really? Like, oh, is that right? Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, we got to get a helmet. So my kid has this race car thing. My two year old, right? At grandma and grandpa's house, and it's a a little ramp thing that you put the car up on top, and it goes pretty fast. The first time he's on it, he leaned back too far and flew off the back and hit his head on the wall and bounced off the walls and stuff down the hall. <laughs> so and like, they're sending me videos. I'm like. What the hell is wrong with your mom and dad? Why, why are your Why are the grandparents so stupid? What is going on here? So I went out and got him a helmet, and some knee pads, and I got laughed at. Yeah. Well, well, that's my, all right, man. My, 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 my wife saw us. Uh, I have a I have a Schwinn, Schwinn Stingray. Uh, uh, I, my my first bike was a Schwinn Stingray back in the seventies, and uh, I have a Schwinn Stingray to this day, British Racing Green, just like the one that my dad made for me when I was a kid, and. Uh, my wife saw we built a ramp in the driveway with a piece of plywood and two cinder blocks and she saw my oldest boy charlie riding over the ramp and i was laying under the ramp i was letting him clear you know his dad on the bike and that you know didn't really go over the best with you know barefoot and no helmet and what but you know i mean it, it's 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 uh it's just you you don't think about a helmet coming from you know riding your bike in the 70s and 80s it just doesn't I, 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 
you know, and so, you know, I'm sure by today's standards, that's a huge parenting fail. Having said that, dude cleared his dad well and safely, (laughs) pulled a little wheelie, crossed it up afterwards, one hand wheelie. But yeah, barefoot, no helmet, you know, but, but he pulled it off. Most impressive. Uh, I just got a text from uh, from my girl, and she said, "Yes, I am a bubble wrap parent, uh, but safety first. So, thanks for watching, hun. We appreciate it. All right. <laughs> okay. So, Nick, are, can I ask a question? Are you are you got more? We got one more in the chat, really quick. Let's just knock that one out. Uh, Jackson Young, are you enjoying tape auditions, or do you miss in person auditions, or both still on the same level? Uh, you know, yeah, that's another thing that COVID kind of changed is it made everybody realize, you know, from, from a production standpoint, the fact of renting out an office and holding live casting is just not cost effective. Um, and you can really get an actor's best performance by having them submit a tape. You know, uh, I'll give you an analogy um, uh, to, 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 to build uh, the skyscrapers in, in New York. You know, they hire certain people before before we had huge cranes they had to have people that would walk up and bolt the girders together there was only a certain type of person that could get up that high on 120 floors and hold a wrench and there's pictures back in the day of them yep. all sitting on girders you eating know, lunch eating lunch yeah well I'll, I'll give you this analogy nadia komenich the first perfect 10 in gymnastics if you put her on the 120th floor on that girder it's wider than her balance beam she probably couldn't walk from one end to the other without falling off but those dudes can skip to the other side holding a sandwich. What you're looking for is you're looking for the best performance on the ground, and that's Nadia Comaneci. Sometimes if you hold the audition in the room, the feeling is you're on the 120th floor and Nadia Comaneci falls on her face and you don't hire her. So what this industry has realized, that if you really want to see the person's best performance, let them do it on their own. Let them do three, four, five takes until they get it right. You submit the tape and you really see what the person's capable of. Because that performance is very different than when you come in a room and nine people go, Yeah. Okay, go. Do it again. No, wait, 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 wait. Mike, Mike, what did you say? Oh, oh, excuse me. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You know, that's very different. It, 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 it neuters a performance. And uh, so, um, I mean, I mean I'm, I'm quite okay with the audition process being, you know, remote. And self-tape and links. I, I think it's the best way to show somebody what you're capable of. So kind of playing off that a little bit, do you think that it's like social media taking over too? Like people are so much more comfortable shooting selfies and TikTok videos and stuff opposed to 10 years ago when that wasn't even a thing. So, it, it, you, you know, like a lot of the younger actors that are coming out, it's they're all TikTok famous first and then they're on Disney or on Nickelodeon or whatever. No, I'll disagree with you on that. I think what social media has made, and more importantly, the reverse-facing camera, is it makes people very aware of what they look like when they're speaking. And there's something wonderful of what your body and your face does that nature that you can't rep- reproduce, that nature gives you, when you're completely unaware. Now, everybody is aware. So on every audition now, people are talking like that, with the right angle, with the right lighting, and they listen to, oh, what does my voice sound like? Instead of just losing yourself and you're picking your nose, there's no reverse-facing camera, so you forget that you're scratching your <laughs> right? ear. Yep. And it's, it's very natural. I'm, okay. I'm quite honestly, I'm, I'm sick of seeing people with the right perfect lighting and everybody's got a ring light. And 
then you meet him in person. You're like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. Because the, the, with a beautiful ring light, they've modulated their voice with a certain app and they're unrecognizable both visually and sonically. I think social media has made people way too aware. And, and there's something about a lack of awareness that's incredibly appealing. Yeah, I told you, Nick, you got to take that filter off. In, in, in reality, he's bald and about 80 pounds heavier. Okay, and no beard. You see my ring and there's light. no beard either. Yeah, right. Yeah, I ring light. Hey, I only did the ring lights because you told me to, JP. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta have. If this is a podcast, man, you know it, it's okay to have a ring light, but when you dial it in, like he's saying, to get it's yeah, yeah it's it's terrible. All right, okay. um, my turn. I guess it's your turn. All right, thank you, Nick. I appreciate that. Well done, by the way. I applaud you, good sir. Next podcast, you're running it, and I'm not going to be a part of it. Just so you know, you did so well. Oh, That's we're not cool. there yet. He's see how quiet he got. All right, Sean, you can star alongside an actor or actress. An actor. I shouldn't differentiate two. They are the same. Living or dead that you've never been with or starred alongside with. Who would it be? Already done it. Uh, I wrote a story in 2007, and it just came out last year. It was called Born a Champion, and I got an opportunity to cast uh, my two boys um, for def- different periods of the lead character's uh, life. So my youngest son plays my son at a certain age, and then my older son plays my son at a different age. Um, there, there's no, there's no name that would move me as much as sharing the screen with a passion project like that as my, my own boys. And, you know, it, it martial arts, something that we've both done since, uh, if you ask my boys when they started jujitsu, they would, they would have to ask me, they don't, they don't remember a time when they didn't do jujitsu. So, uh, I've already done it. It was, uh, acting alongside them. And when people say, Ooh, who's their agent? They don't have an agent. They're, 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 they're kids. Yeah, they're in get sports. Get. They're in school. Uh, they went and did it because I told, I, I said, Hey, you got want to do this. We all did it as a family. Um, if they ever get into acting again down the line, it'll be when they're adults and they make that choice on their own. Or maybe I put them in something else, but uh, I've already done it. There, there is no name outside of uh, my brood that will ever come close to that. And you could pick a name. It could be Schwarzenegger. It could be any name. It's not going to compare to working with your own boy, doing something that you love and that you've grown up doing together. I love that answer. And uh, in the comment section, Jackson Young said brilliant. And I, I don't think I could have come up with a better better word for that either. That, that is almost the perfect answer to that question. I'm always searching for, you know, perfect answers to the questions we ask on this show. And, and that question, that, that's about as close as we ever come. Amazing. And, and it gave me the heebie-jeebies. I don't know if you can see it on camera, but there... Hairs are standing well, on end if, after if, that answer. If you haven't had a chance, uh, check check out the movie because both of my boys are in it and and they're killer. They've never acted before in their life, and not to downgrade my craft, but it's not something you need to go to school for for twenty years. Uh, no, when you when you audition for a film, nobody asks you what school you went to because it doesn't matter. All they care is can you do it right now, and to just to show you when people always ask me like, uh, how much schooling? Where do you go to learn the my, my boys have never done it before, and they pull it off beautifully. Awesome. That's awesome. And it's called Born a Champion? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's called Born a Champion. And, and it's still on demand as well. Um, okay. and, and I'm incredibly proud of it. I wrote it back in 2007 and then finally got it uh, produced, and it came out January 22nd of last year. Okay. Awesome. 
I'll All right. check that one out tomorrow because I'm old. And I'm going to check out Frank and Penelope tonight. So. Now, you're hey, jujitsu. Check them both out and shoot me a social media message. Let me know what you think. You're okay. a. Definitely. Your jujitsu, do you, uh, is it more of a hobby or is there ever any uh, competitive aspects to your jujitsu? Um, and and uh, there's a method to my madness. Well, the, the first half of my career was always uh, competitive. I competed in tournaments all the time, uh, probably the first 10 years of my jujitsu career. Um, and then the second half, uh, any martial artist will tell you, when you're competing, it's this. It's incredibly selfish. Yeah. I'll give you an example. I could be training with uh, somebody and hit an arm lock on them, and they'd be like, oh, Flannery, you got to show me that arm lock. And it's selfishly, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as uh, in an hour, I'll, I'll show it to you. Man, in an hour, I was out the door. I didn't care about them. It was all about me. I was using them as a tool to get better. The second half of your career is this. It's all this. And that's where I am now, giving it back to my kids, my students. Um, it's, it's, it's really what legacy is about. And everybody has their own signature on their martial art, and I certainly do with uh, jujitsu. And uh, I want to leave behind what I think is a very rare brand of jujitsu. So, in answer to your question, yeah, I competed, you know, a lot the first half, pretty much exclusively. The reason I asked that is um, about a year ago, Nick had arranged a sparring match, which turned into an actual full-fledged. It's going to be a fight with UFC star Josh Berkman, um, and it was going to be all for charity uh, on both ends. Josh's charity, our charity. But Nick ended up getting COVID, got real sick, and uh, just it all fell apart. It may or may not still happen, but the bottom line is Nick, Sean, for charity. You think uh, you'd be willing to get your ass handed to you by uh, Sean Patrick Flannery in a, in a jiu-jitsu match? I think I could hold my own for about 32 and a half seconds. <laughs> so so I, I actually went and took jujitsu at 10th Planet here in Grants Pass, which is tied into the 10th Planet, um, down, like the whole the whole big 10th Planet thing. Of course, yep. And uh, it kicked my ass. It was like the best workout I've ever done. Amazing. I ended up getting wrapped up like a pretzel by some older gentleman who had about 150 pounds on me. And... Uh, messed up my neck really bad so it's it's been about six months since i've been back but i, I definitely when my body feels like i'm comfortable i'm gonna head back in and pick it up again it's you should it's man good. i can't recommend it more highly and uh, eddie eddie bravo who uh, yeah. started 10th planet uh, killer instructor you're 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 in uh you're in good company there yeah i've got a good buddy of mine he's uh ranked in the top in the world he's a men over 40 and he's home bases out of Medford and he just he travels all over and competes one of the nicest guys in the world and the the community and the family in the jiu-jitsu world is just amazing you walk in you think yeah. it's be a bunch of badass dicks and it's all these super sweet big nice guys that are like there to show you how to do stuff and make sure you're okay they're not there to hurt you and uh, so anybody that wants to do jiu-jitsu get that out of your head you go to a jiu-jitsu place it's a community it's a family it's not not what you think it's going to be. There you I'll have. tell you, I tell people this all the time. You know, you, I don't, I don't care how close you think your working environment is. If you post on Facebook to all of your workers, hey, I'm moving and I'm renting a U-Haul. If anybody wants to go help, I'll buy free pizza. Nobody's showing up, brother. Nobody. You do that to your jiu-jitsu academy. I, I defy one, one person at the academy to not show up if they're in town. Right. It, it's just the way it is. It's a, uh, I've never. 
I've owned an academy since 03. Nothing has ever been stolen. You go back in the locker room, there's wallets left out, $100 bills sticking out. And I, I, I've had huge CAA agents in the academy and people that I'm pretty sure have robbed liquor stores before. Nothing is stolen. It is a sanctuary. It is a brethren. It is a bond that cannot be replaced by our checks are being written by the same boss. It's just very different. I urge you, if, if there is a hole in your life for anything, most likely jujitsu can fill it. It'll keep you healthy, mentally healthy, physically healthy. You'll live longer, and you'll have a purpose for your free time. Yeah, and it doesn't matter how old or what kind of shape you're in either. You can get in. They, the, the academy I went to figured out my skill level, hooked me up with the right team, and that we were working through stuff and it was just amazing so yeah it's killer brother killer i recommend it to everybody fine nick i understand i get what you're trying to get out here and i'll look into it jeez yeah just put down the fish tacos (laughs) well the fish tacos are the best taco to have if you're looking to eat healthy come on man all right sean we're getting close to the end of our time here together um this next question i ask of um every guest we have on in my opinion is generally uh the most profound one i typically ask so no pressure um if you were to give one bit of advice to any new father or expecting father what would that advice be you know if 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 somebody could put this in a word you know it, 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 I, I i've never found that but realistically, you know, I'll go back to my granddaddy because, you know, my granddaddy taught me just about everything that resonated in my life. Um, and I remember uh, he jokingly, he jokingly told me, you know, in the age of cell phones, when I said, uh, you know, uh, my, my dad, whenever I said I was getting married, I said, he said, you want some advice? I said, yeah. He goes, answer the phone. So what do you mean? He goes, answer the phone. I don't care where you are. Answer the phone. Answer wherever you are. Answer the phone. And uh, now, what a piece of advice just for being a husband is, hey, I'm in a meeting. Can I call you right back? So realistically, in my opinion, if you want to be the best father out there, choose correctly when you're selecting a mate. If you choose correctly, the job will be easy. There's, There's a very good reason why... You know, I mean, the divorce rate is astronomical, and uh, it, it, it the odds of producing healthy mentally and physically children uh, w- with broken family, it, it, the odds go way down. So the biggest decision any future father can make is who he chooses to procreate with. So choose correctly, but as keeping that bond together and teaching your sons and your daughters what a healthy relationship is tantamount to everything else in life because your legacy stops if your offspring doesn't produce offspring. What your legacy is about is leaving behind a better version. So that chain has to keep going for me to achieve that. So, you know, don't, if if your courtship process took place in a jacuzzi and it was formulated with words like shit, nice rack. Okay, go a little bit deeper than nice rack. And for the women out there, go a little bit deeper than Oh, my God, Susie, did you see the car he pulled up in? A little bit deeper. You know, ask the questions. And, a lot uh, a bit deeper. It has not, a lot, a lot of, an incredibly large <laughs> amount deeper. But realistically, the answer to my, that question for me has nothing to do with being a father. It has to do with selecting who you elect to get into the game with. There you go. 
Sean Patrick Flannery, everyone. Amazing. I love that. That's that's incredible. That, yeah, again, you, uh, we've interviewed plenty, lots. And uh, I mean, I haven't even mentioned this yet. I, I've worked in radio almost 20 years here in Southern Oregon. Um, so I've had the opportunity to interview and speak with a you know, plethora of celebrities and musicians and whatnot. And that answer to that question uh, quite possibly the most profound one I think I've ever heard. Uh, it's never gone that route before. And I love that. I, I love hearing, you know, when something raises your eyebrow when you ask a question that goes, oh, that's a thinker. Never looked at it that way before. Very well, man. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I do. I appreciate it. I, I will, uh, before we go, I'll give you a gander of my boys doing a little research. Oh, dude, I'd love to. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice. This is another episode I'm gonna, of... I'm, I'm going to keep it down here, but... All right, to the YouTube audience, Sean Patrick Flannery has now taken us inside the gym, the wrestling mat, where his boys are competing live as we speak here on YouTube. So my, my Schwinn Stingray is British Racing Green. My dad's race car is British Racing Green. There's my boy in a British Racing Green Sangler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Raven and Gunner. And here's, here's my younger son. He's in the red T-shirt right here going with his friend Gigi. <laughs> that's that's the wrestling right there. I'll get off the mat now. I just had to interrupt him. And there he is the ninety eight percent that we started the show off with. Uh, we're going to end the show with Sean Patrick Flannery hanging out with his kids. Um, once again, you can see Sean in, in his words, not mine, thousands of movies you've never heard of and a few that you have. The ones that you may have heard of, of course, Boondock Sanks 1 and 2, Powder, and most recently, uh, available today wherever you stream or download your movies, Frank and Penelope. Sean Patrick Flannery. Hey, is there going to be a Boondock Saints 3 and 4? Uh, I don't know about that, but let, let me mention something <laughs> about Frank and Penelope. Yeah, please. If you if you do for everybody out there, it means a lot to me because I it, this is my first foray into into directing, and I happen to write Frank and Penelope as well. If you, I, I wrote Born a Champion as well. If you watch either one of those, please shoot me a social media message and let me know your honest thoughts for Born a Champion and Frank and Penelope. I'd love to hear from everybody out there if you do get a chance to check it out, and if you do, I hope you dig it. Absolutely. And for everyone uh, watching live now, um, obviously there's no link available to you. Go go watch the movie. If you're catching this anytime in the future down the line, I will put a link down in the messages. And if you're watching this, uh, shoot a comment. Let, let us know what you thought of the flick, and I will absolutely pass it along to Sean, and it, it'll be an absolute good time. I can't wait. Like I said, tonight, it's movie night in the Pierce household. Um, but unfortunately, I know this one's I know this one's rated R so uh, the, the littles are going to be they, they don't get any any part of Frank and Penelope but don't you worry Papa and Mama are, are going to check this thing out I cannot wait bells on I'm, we are excited I'm so stoked to see Jonathan Sheck like he looks like an absolute beast in this movie so it's, yeah like remember I mentioned the first five minutes he is killer he's yeah. killer in this 
Wow. So Jonathan Sheck referred Mr. Sean Patrick Flannery. I'd be remiss if I didn't at least plant a seed for the future. If you find it in the willingness of your heart to maybe plant a seed of your own for us and uh, call up your buddy Norman Reedus one day and say, hey, man, if you ever get a free time, free minute. I know a couple of guys that got a great podcast going on. They got a great message. Uh, They'd love to have you on. We would like that. That is one of my bucket list guys right there, Sean. Well, let me reach out. Homie's on speed dial. Exactly. All right. Everyone listening and watching live right now, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to join us with Mr. Sean Patrick Flannery. Um, If you're watching this in the future, once again, thank you so very much. Uh, Please comment, like this thing up, subscribe if you haven't done so already, because we are going to be doing a big time, heavy uh, live YouTube presentation with the DadCast over the next few months. So we want to make sure you don't miss anything. Um, Sean Patrick Flannery, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so very, very much, man. Yeah, thank Likewise, you, man. gentlemen. Thank you very much. God bless and Godspeed. Absolutely. Once again, Frank Penelope. Go check it out. It is released and dropped today. He is Sean Patrick Flannery. On behalf of Nick, that guy, and myself, JP, once again, thank you so much. We'll catch you on the very next episode. Have a great rest of your day. See you all.